All right, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carver Hall here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. And uh, super excited to introduce uh, this week's guest, uh, Simon Tang, one of my uh, friends, training partners, newly minted black belt from Advanced Martial <laughs> Arts out in, in North Brunswick. Um, welcome, Simon. Thanks, thanks so much for doing this tonight. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. This is awesome. Uh, just one real quick thing before, before you jump in, Matt, I just want to, some background with Simon. If you guys haven't checked out, Simon's got his own YouTube channel. Um, uh, is it still rolling with Simon or did you change it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Um, not too active at this moment, but, uh, you know, when we were doing, uh, the podcast, um, you know, it was great having you on, man. You did the, you did the, one of the episodes and, um, you know, I'm glad I could, uh, jump on yours as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really dope. Just, uh. It's it's really uh, about like empowerment and through martial arts and how how it can help you get through stuff. And um, Simon, coincidentally, Simon had me on like not long after I got my black belt. Yep. And um, so I'm kind of returning the favor. We had been talking about it for a while. So I, I, I filled in Matt before we started recording. So sorry to cut you off, Matt. But uh, I mean, this is something long time coming with Simon. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great to have him on the show. I am a little bit nervous about having two Jersey guys on the other side of the <laughs> here, uh, especially when I start to go in on your boy Tan Dan a little bit uh, later on about his uh, referee. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was coming. So, uh, <laughs> but that'll be interesting when we get to that point. But yeah, other than that, man, uh, exciting weekend of, of action from uh, yep. boxing and MMA. Uh, whatever you want to call combate. Uh, but uh a lot of entertainment uh, over the weekend. You, uh, you, you were telling me you caught the uh, the Joshua Ruiz too uh, live from uh, from Saudi Arabia with your family on uh, Saturday, Hyatt. Yeah, it was after training. I think I saw you too Saturday after that, right, Simon? Like, didn't we? Were you there Saturday afternoon? Uh, I forget. I think we, so. I might. I we, think. We, I, I, yeah, I was there. I had to run did. out early though. <laughs> yeah, because we see each other so like so like it's so. It's often but sporadic, so like I'm just used to like the way you see Simon now is the way I, I imagine him usually before and after class outside of like him sweating on top of me in his rash guard and, and <laughs> locking up my legs or whatever it is. So, but um, yeah, man. So Joshua Ruiz, uh, too. I mean, a lot of people were looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, as my household being a Mexican household, we were disappointed <laughs> with the uh, with the outcome. My mom was letting him have it because he was uh, you know heavier and everything, and then. After the fact, he let on that he uh, didn't really take it seriously. He was enjoying his newfound fame. I don't know if I can blame him for that or not, but it's kind of like I don't know. I don't know. What did you What did you think when you guys saw the highlights or whatever you saw? I, you know, he was definitely uh, way more out of shape than I was expecting. I a lot of the pre-fight pictures and photos of him, he looked like he was in shape. So that's what threw it off a little bit. But um, you know, uh, it's not the first champion in, in any kind of sport or, or especially combat sport to get out of shape um, after getting a chance to taste the the fruits of victory and, and start making that heavy money and, and see those zeros in your paycheck. So I didn't really find, I mean, I wasn't super surprised. I honestly didn't think he was going to win this fight. Uh, I thought it was something uh, Joshua's career was basically on the line, which sounds funny for a guy making $80 million <laughs> to, to fight. 
but um, his reputation was more of what was going to bring him down, not necessarily his lack of talent. Um, Cause Rui simply could have just had his number and it might've been that guy in his life who just beats him. But, uh, but the general public w- would have ate him alive if he would have suffered like he did in the first fight. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, regardless, he lost uh, Ruiz. I was still very impressed. This man lasted 12 rounds and uh, you know, he, he, kept trying to get inside the pocket. He just couldn't get there, you know, but um, apparently, I mean, from, from a lot of the background, I, I heard about the first, for the first fight, um, apparently Joshua was hurt, right? He got really hit, um, hit bad in a sparring session that made it really hard for him to uh, kind of recover and, and be a hundred percent for the first fight. So now, you know, we have round, I mean, round two or whatever. And, um, you see, you know, there's like an excuse afterwards and it's like a perfect setup for a trilogy, you know? So I, you know, let's give it, you know, let's run it back. It was a 12 round fight. He didn't get, he didn't really finish him, you know, and all in all, I'm, I'm, I was incredibly impressed uh, by Ruiz and, you know, Joshua fought very smart. He stayed outside and, um, you know, just kind of chipped them, chipped them away. That's a good point, Simon, because uh, one of the, (laughs) One of the criticisms people are having about it is that oh Joshua ran, you know, and this is and of course when you get like a boxing match of this caliber, that's when you get the casuals coming in and not for nothing. I mean, we're kind of casuals. I don't watch boxing as often as I watch MMA, although you know I was hardcore back in the '90s or whatever you want to call it. But um, people are, are criticizing Joshua for for you know using his jab and his his range and stuff like that. And uh, you know, obviously pe- people are like he wasn't engaging whatever, but. That's kind of part of boxing is the footwork <laughs> using range. So, you know, you really can't get mad at him. And and I don't know if I really want to see a part three this soon. I would rather see uh, the winner of uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury from February. Oh, yeah. uh, I'd rather see how Joshua does against one of them. But if you, I don't know if you read any other news afterward. They're already starting the song and dance to avoid that happening from any time soon. But, um, yeah, yeah, the I mean the 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 alphabet soup of of titles and boxing is all going to try <laughs> to get their guy next lined up for for the belt um, that they promote. So that that'll happen. Um, one thing you know, you mentioned casuals getting involved. Now, yeah. I, I we we I watch a lot of boxing. I, I'm not super up to date on everybody's names or you know pronunciations, but I watch all the big fights, much like probably both of you do. Um, one thing I find amazing to me is that the criticism after Joshua, after the first fight was that he basically fought, fought Ruiz like a brawler. Now, if you're fighting a five foot 10, 265 pound Mexican dude, you probably <laughs> don't want to get into a street fight with the guy. I mean, I'm just, that's, that's it. Especially if you're six foot seven and 245 pounds and you've got reach and you've got technique on your side. Um, I, I don't think that's really arguable. So he, he goes out the first fight, he gets into a street fight and he gets KO'd, um, or he gets TKO'd. He, he really can't answer the, the, the bell, basically, after after getting up. Um, and then this fight, he comes out and fights exactly what everybody said he should have done in the first fight, and now he's criticized for being passive and running and pulling a, a, a Mayweather. You know what I mean? So it's just people just don't like guys. I mean, everybody fell in love with Ruiz. I yeah. was guilty of it, too. We all saw the story. It was cool. You, you get a you – 
chubby looking dude. I mean, we could all kind of, <laughs> most of us can relate to that, you know, and then, and then, uh, and, and he kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know a lot about him prior to the first Joshua fight. So it was kind of that Buster Douglas, uh, you, you know, uh, just champion that kind of came out of nowhere and, and you thought, okay, you know, and, and, but when you see, when you've watched Joshua fight in the past, you know, he's, you know, he's good. Um, is he as good as Wilder or Fury? That's up for debate, but yeah. Realistically, he's probably number three. Uh, Ruiz is probably four, five, six, somewhere in that range. If we're if we're looking at it, so uh, I don't know. I just thought it was funny the criticism that he got for really fighting the way that he should. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. But uh, I mean, that's that was the early part of the Saturday. I mean, I, um, there's not much else, I guess, to to say about that outside of. Uh, I mean, the only thing is, uh, would 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 you just said, Matt? You just said your piece on um. What you'd like to see, I don't know how you feel about it, Simon. I mean, would you like to see the the? Would you rather prefer Wilder or Fury, or or like who do you think will would would be the best matchup for Joshua? Oh, for Joshua, I mean, uh, that Fury and uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, those are tough matchups. Um, I, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a, a a third one. Um, you know, just knowing that both of them, you know, had something, some sort of issue or whatever. Um, but, you know, just to run it back when you talked about the casuals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, when it comes to like this type of stuff, it, at the end of the day, when it comes to like combat, we're not casuals when it comes to combat. You know, yeah. I, it's like I can watch two amateurs fight and two pros fight. I, I'm, I'm really there for the technique. I'm really there for um, the actual uh, you know, just the dance that's going on, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, personally, I would, I would like to see, uh, three, you know, regardless, um, of what people thought of it. Uh, but the, the only way I would like to see it, if both of them are at their, um, peaks, you know, they're, they're really training hard. Um, there's no excuse for, I'm, you know, uh, overweight and out of shape type of deal. And, you know, that they're training, uh, un- trying not to get injured during training. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of interesting to see, um, you know, a third match with, uh, both of them, you know, really prepared. I mean, even to see him run through 12 rounds, um, out of shape is like, that's crazy. So like to see that's what true. he probably could do, you know, within the 12 rounds and, you know, um, at, at a, at a good training, uh, camp, you know, who knows, man, you know, um, but yeah, I would like to see the the person who who's at their top in that sense fight Deontay or um, Fury. But I, I mean, in that sense, I would really like to see Wilder and Fury fight again. I mean, that yeah. that one's way you know way bigger for me. Yeah, it's definitely going to um, be more more entertaining. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. I'm glad you mentioned about uh, uh, us watching for technique and and stuff like that because that's kind of a good segue to move over to the events in Washington D.C. Um, mm. UFC DC. Uh, so I kind of watched that. Um, kind of, uh, I had to rewatch it uh, last night actually, uh, and I still haven't rewatched the main card. I watched all all the prelims because uh, I was doing the live results for Combate Americas, which we'll kind of get into after this. But um, I forgot what you said, Matt, when I asked you, did you catch it live or you watch it after the fact, or or how did you how did or you definitely watch it. I saw you chiming in on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I watched it live. Um, obviously, for the the prelims, I was uh, super interested in in Billy Quarantillo's fight. 
Um, yeah, he was on the guest show. on here a, a couple weeks back, and um, really cool guy making his debut uh, coming off the Contender Series. And I mean, he really couldn't have had a better performance. That was one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen in a uh, in a UFC debut, uh, especially. So um, he picked up a huge uh, triangle choke win um, hmm. over Jacob Kilburn, who actually was a late replacement. Um, to fight him. So took a guy on late notice and, uh, basically flawless victory, uh, you know, three minute fight. Did you catch, uh, Simon, I know you said you saw the highlights, but with all the submission, uh, you know, obviously they had two cool submissions and stuff like that. And that's usually the stuff that gets you, uh, you and I going uh, after Saturdays on training. Yeah, no, actually UFC DC. Um, I didn't actually see much at all. The only thing I saw was the lip of uh, Overeem. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was pretty much it. But um, I think everybody saw that lip. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of focused on the uh, that Gordon Ryan versus um, uh, Bo um, grappling match. So yeah, I kind of. I didn't even know, honest, honestly, guy, I didn't even know there was a UFC that night. But yeah, no, I saw the lip afterwards, and I was like, "Holy moly!" You know, talking about that really quick. I, I know, <laughs> I know, we're on, on UFC DC, but I saw the highlights of that of the Bo Nickel uh, Gordon Ryan thing. I mean, I, I think the outcome was kind of pretty much how everyone expected. That was on flow, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I feel but, like only you and Pizar, while Pizar is a training partner of ours. You and Pizar were like the only ones that were kind of hot about it that day or excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people were talking a lot of crap about it. And if you read the comments on social media, you're just, you know, you're just hearing like just a lot of nonsense, you know, but um, yeah, I thought it was a great uh, just, just match to have. It's like pulling in uh, the top, you know, wrestler on their end versus one of, you know, one of the top, grapplers in the world and uh or submission fighters you want to call it um in the world and and just see like the the pinnacle of it you know and in the match like you see the pinnacle wrestling move it's like dude suplexed him you yeah know? and then and then you see the pinnacle of you know jujitsu where this guy you know triangle arm bars the guy so like i know a lot of people complained about you know it's kind of boring but i mean I mean, you watch a pure jujitsu match, it's, it's pretty, it can get really boring, you know, but in this, in this match, you know, he was playing it safe. He, we saw a suplex and we saw a submission. Like what else do you want? You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I think the boring thing goes back to like how, <laughs> how deep you are. Cause like I, Simon, uh, Matt watches, uh, I mean, he goes live to EBI and stuff out there in the West yep. coast. So, I mean, it depends on how interested you are in the sport, but, uh, I mean, I know we're digressing off of, of UFC, uh, DC, but, um talking about the submissions the second twister ever uh oh yeah i saw that, Bryce yeah. mitchell um so <laughs> i mean it was pretty much uh pretty much um uh the undercard i would say would be a guy like yourself and myself like where we like seeing the technique um that was pretty much the all the reason to watch but uh when we got yeah. to the main card i know i know things changed didn't they matt <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, that's when Migliata decided that he was going to rearrange the heavyweight division for the for, <laughs> for the country or for the UFC, I should say. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what do we start the main card with? Uh, uh, Cody Stamen, Yadong Song. Song's obviously a really good uh, up and coming prospect. Stamen's tough dude, eighteen and, and two coming into the fight. Um, I know Best there was a little bit of the con- UFC. 
<laughs> I know some people were uh, – there was some controversy in that one on the scoring mm. um, as the point was taken. Um, yeah. Song in the first round. Um, personally, it went as I scored it. I scored the first round 9-9. I gave the first round to Song and then took a point from him. I gave the second round to uh, Song also, and then I gave the third round to Stamen. I didn't have any 10-8s. I know some people did uh, in the first or third round for Stamen. So that's what led to some of the controversy, but I see it about 50-50. So mm-hmm. uh, two really good young fighters. Uh, a draw doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, move on in their career and, and go from there. Uh, nobody will remember it in, in you know, two weeks from now. So, yeah. um, but good fight. Um, Aspen lad coming off of uh, getting KO'd badly by uh, Durandamy. Um, she went a little crazy in that fight. Yeah. She got out of control, <laughs> lost position. Uh, seemed kind of foolish. Uh, no, no. Of, I don't mean that. I mean, when she was like yelling like a mad woman, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. She, she started doing, you know, uh, bam, bam chops and slap yeah. punches and, just wasted a lot of energy and ended up getting reversed for her, but it was with seconds left in the, in the first round. So it didn't really uh, affect her as far as the fight went, but it was kind of a weird thing. You don't, uh, you don't hear that vocalization very often uh, like that. At least uh, I can't remember ever seeing anything like that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, obviously, I mean, uh, so I got to say your, your, your criticism of Damir Gliata. And it has nothing to do with the jersey, so I don't think I don't think me and Simon are going to gang up on you. But, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I disagree with the stoppage too bad. I mean, aside from I, I know everyone's going to bring up Robbie, Robbie Lawler and how he was able to finish his fight or whatever. But um, I mean, uh, well, you're uh, jump you're jumping ahead here. We need to start off with the Struve Rothwell fight because that's really where he jumped the shark. In, in oh, he refed that one too. He refed that one. So in that fight. We had Stefan Struves take a brutal kick to the balls in the oh, first round. Oh, that's right. I was uh, basically dry heaving in the ring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, use the full five minutes. You don't see many guys who, who take low blows take the full five minutes. And he took the full five minutes, and I think they gave him an extra minute or two wow. uh, because the crowd was starting to get stirred up. And and the first, stop, the first one was fine. Um, no points were taken. I've always – kind of amazed by that a little bit. Uh, I believe it should be more strict as far as points get taken away. If you grab the cage, if you mm-hmm. kick someone in the nuts, I don't care if it was an accident or not. You've just changed the, the whole momentum of a fight. Um, so, so there's that, but the first one wasn't the issue. The issue arose in the second round in a fight. Struve's winning. Um, he's dominating this fight up until this mm-hmm. point. The only thing hurting him is the low blow that he took. So then in the second round with about a minute and a half left in the second round, he takes another one. Just exactly the same, crumbles him to the canvas. Oh, I mean, it, it, you know, you see him looking at a seven foot, two hundred sixty five pound dude who looks like he wants to start crying in the ring. He's claiming his balls are up in his stomach. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's he's in bad shape. Mergliata, Mergliata <laughs> goes over to him, covers his microphone up on his yeah. that he's wearing in the ring, and tries to tell him that he's winning on the cards, but he needs to finish the second round in order for it not to be a no contest. Mm-hmm. I've been to, it'll tell you, I've been to hundreds of events. I've seen thousands and thousands of fights live. That's not true. He gave him wrong information in a three round fight. All you have to do is be one second past the, the midway point of the second round. Uh-huh. And then they can judge the second round and it goes to the cards. 
Mergliata could have easily stopped the fight right there, put it to the cards, and and Struve would have won a, a decision, no doubt, unanimous on all three cards. It would have been uh, twenty to. He took this a is, point. This is the one you posted the screenshot of the rules for. I posted screenshot as soon yeah. as I saw it. I knew it was wrong, and of course I did. I don't go out and just blast it out because I want to check. So I went to the unified rules, <laughs> and and that's what the rules are. In a five round fight, it needs to be you need to be two minutes and thirty one seconds into the second round so that they can halfway they judge the partial round and then you mm-hmm. get three rounds to judge. In a three round fight it has to be you have to be 231 in the second round so that they judge the first and the second round. Basically they just don't want to judge one round for a fight. At one round mm-hmm. it becomes a no contest uh, and then after two and a half minutes of a fight they score that partial round. No matter what rounds it is. It could have been in the third round and he stopped it. They would score the partial third round after 231. If it happens one minute into the third round, they only score the first and second round. So he he, he he's, so he gave him wrong information. And now Struve's sitting there going, okay, my win bonus goes. It's going to be a no contest to fight. I'm dominating. The only two strikes Rothwell has landed on me are two kicks to the grind. Um, <laughs> so he gets up. Uh, again, uh, and, and Rothwell decides to tell him that he's he's judging. He's he gives him his opinion on the cards. He goes, "You're winning both rounds on the cards, in my opinion." Yeah, that's a little sketchy for a ref to. A referee cannot yeah. give his opinion on what the cards are. Yeah. He can't influence somebody to keep fighting. That so, just doesn't that just doesn't work. So then, <laughs> so then, and I, I keep rant on this, but so then Struve goes, "Okay, yeah, he, I he got, goes crazy, Simon." Just so you know, and when when someone's back going gets going, what's I get going on about referees? He goes, nuts. <laughs> "No, I, I, yeah, I, I know they have a tough job, but so anyway, Struve continues in the bout." He just says, okay, let's go. He doesn't use all five minutes of this time. I think he uses probably about three and a half minutes. But he goes, okay, you know, uh, I guess there's a minute left in this round. I've been told it's going to be a no contest if I don't continue. So he gets up, and what does Rothwell do? Rothwell goes in and blasts him and knocks him out 15, 20 seconds later. Rothwell gets the win. Rothwell gets the double pay. Struve, for all we know, might get cut, you know, and and nothing happens to Mirigliata. Now, Obviously, I don't know what you could do to the referee in that case. Uh, I don't think you should be able to tell him your the scorecards in your opinion. That's not his job. One, he's and he's not. He's and then two, he didn't know the rules. And I, I to me, that's a, that's a blatant. You know, how many fights has Mirgliata refereed? I know he's a good. Yeah. He has had a gym. I I have no disrespect for the guy as a martial artist or as an instructor, or even even as a referee. I just don't understand the not knowing the rules. If somebody like me who sits on my couch or sits in the crowd yeah. and watch fights knows the rules, I, it, for a referee not to know them to me is, is uh, inexcusable. Well, Simon, uh, mm-hmm. I know you've, you've done Muay Thai and, and you competed and stuff like as, as a competitor. How do you feel about that? Um, what do they always say is like, never leave it to the ref. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just finish it. Right. But um, yeah, in the case of this guy getting kicked in the nuts like twice, I mean, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what What do you, you know, I mean, two times. They, they even take a point off for the, the second They, they took a point on the second one. But, okay, I mean, and again, point. for fans who aren't super knowledgeable at this, we're talking about two gigantic heavyweights. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. Isn't, this isn't a 115-pound straw weight. This guy crumpled his, you know, this is going to spit is, up his butt. I mean, his balls. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a sledgehammer to the midsection yeah. when, when yeah. somebody like uh, Rothwell's kicking you. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I felt bad for Struve because it was a fight he was dominating, and he got up, and even as he got knocked out, he got up and he goes, "What the f am I supposed to do?" 
He goes, yeah. my body's my body's numb. I can't lift my shoulders now. I feel like my balls are in my stomach. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean you, if yeah. you've ever been kicked in the nuts hard, I mean, it's oh it, gosh, it's a nauseating experience. Yeah, ref's job is to protect the fighters. I mean, that ultimately they're supposed to protect the fighters. Um, you know, for the for the that very fact, like. Struve has taken I didn't even know he was still fighting to be honest. I thought, you know, maybe it was time to hang up the gloves. He's taken some bombs, man, where he's yeah. had some nasty knockouts. And for this to happen where he, you know, he's being fed incorrect information, they let the fight to keep going. It's putting him in immediate danger and then he gets knocked out again and it's like this is, you know, this is terrible for his career. This is terrible for his health. It's just not a good look, you know. So um yeah man uh, that's not you know that's that's not a good thing <laughs> yeah and and also some of the blame on that should go to the doctors um yep. if you took illegal leads <clears throat> to the head they would say you can't if you took two illegal leads to the head they would stop the fight they would say absolutely that's, that's egregious for some reason low blows you get you get cut it's that like end. a comedian thing <laughs> and, 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 and somebody like you who's competed in muay thai you don't see that kind of stuff when you watch lion fight or mm -hmm. even glory and stuff. Those guys know how to kick. And, and obviously there's some great MMA fighters who, who are really super technical and good at that. But a lot of guys throw that sloppy. And I, I just feel like there should be more of a, a punishment. I, I don't, I don't think you should basically, I've always said this in an MMA fight, you can kick a guy in the grind. You can eye gouge him and you can grab the cage one time in a mm. fight and not suffer any consequences. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've, I've jokingly said it. Well, if you're losing a fight, why not just kick the guy in the nuts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously, right? they're not going to do anything to you. Yeah, you know, true. I mean, short of you lining it up and telegraphing it and making it look like you're. I mean, you could easily be kneeing a guy in the rib cage and then just decide, oh, I'm going to leave this one a little low, and no, yeah. and nothing would happen to you. And and I mean, when you start talking about, I mean, Struve probably goes from eighty thousand. You know, if he wins the fight, he probably gets close to two hundred k. And now yeah. he's probably looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty to hundred. I mean, yeah, that's, that's big money for a guy like you said, who's been basically retired, has had heart issues that apparently are clear, has taken some huge KO losses to guys like Mark Hunt and stuff. Um, it's it, it's just a shame, and to see a referee. Or a doctor not necessarily do their job and kind of influence the fight is what threw me off. So that got yeah. me going. Plus, Mirgliata stopped Bigfoot and uh, and Fedor. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. There's there's the real there's you the real issue. <laughs> so that's this, that's that's, that's, that's the you know, Simon. <laughs> that's a hardcore Fedor fan. Talking about pride never hey, die. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm but you um, on that too. Awesome. So so that's that was that fight. Um, but after that fight, after you know. The, they moved on to the co-main event. Cynthia Cavillo, um, she got a fun fight style. She talks a lot of smack on Twitter, and then she misses weight by six pounds. Hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, she was all over Paige Van Zant this week or the, yeah. this, this previous week, calling her a Instagram model and someone that doesn't know how to fight. And then she goes out and misses weight by six pounds. Ends up getting a draw uh, with Marina Rodriguez. Um, yeah, crazy draws on Saturday night. Pretty like, talented fight the board, but. Um, just, uh, I don't know if I said it before we started talking about it. Only reason I was not clear on why I, I posted the picture of my two screen experience. Cause I was doing live results for my MMA news for combat, which was kind of the undercard was happening when that was happening. So I did see that happen, but I didn't like, I didn't hear all as hear or see all that stuff that you said, cause I had to focus on the combat event. But, um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, I I didn't know that that Miragliata was unclear on the rules, so you, you're you're not wrong on that one. Yeah, and and unless somebody corrects me, that's the way I read the rules, and that's the way I've always understood fights. And that's, I mean, you know, I, I'd put some money on 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 my knowledge of that. So unless somebody like John McCarthy comes out and says you're wrong, I and I'm misreading it, but mm-hmm. up up until now, I, I I believe that to be the rules 100%. And that's the way I understand the the unified rules, uh, reading them um, online. So that brings us to the main event you were talking about, um, mm-hmm. Rosenstruck Overeem. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of getting a chuckle early in this fight because I saw people, how were people were booing it. They were calling it boring. Overeem was really fighting kind of the Joshua fight. So I kind of thought it was funny because I saw MMA fans earlier in the day saying they don't watch boxing because of fights like Joshua, uh, mm-hmm. boring and technic, you know, and then, and then basically Overeem kind of pulling the MMA version of, uh, of Joshua essentially using some grappling against a kickboxer and um, not necessarily engaging in a firefight, uh, and, and up until the fourth round, it was working well for him. He was up on all the cards going into the fourth round, three rounds to none. Um, the fourth round, a couple of the judges, or at least one of the judges, uh, gave, uh, Rosenstruck the, uh, the round. Um, and then in the fifth round, what, what led to that, uh, basically his face being, uh, mangled or his lip being ripped off his face, uh, with like four seconds left in the fight, uh, Rosenstruck yeah. basically landed like a. I don't even know what you call it. I mean, he just came full force. It's like an overhand right, right? It was yeah. an overhand right, but he was like, it was like a Superman punch of, <laughs> I mean, he came, it was everything he had, all his weight uh, coming into it. And he blasted over him, sent over him flying back, ripped his face open. Mm. Um, I, the stoppage in its, in itself, I don't necessarily have the problem with. The problem with Mirgliata is not, is how he stopped it. He came from the other side of the cage and kind of came running over, and he basically stumbled himself into the middle of the action, uh, not waving the fight off. He didn't come in yelling, stop punching, stop punching, waving it off. He kind of stumbled his way in. Rosenstruck, now, when Rosenstruck punched over him, he turned away and walked away like it was a like it was a walk-off KO. Mm-hmm. Within about a second, Overeem got up and was on his feet. Was he dazed? Of course. Was yeah, he hurt? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he was hurt, but this is MMA. If a guy drops you, it's not the fight should not be over. So Mirgliata yep. comes kind of rolling in there, and he touches. I believe he touched Rosenstruck like on the shoulder as Rosenstruck was kind of walking away. So the minute he touches him, he's kind of put himself behind the eight ball because at that point he's basically dedicating to have to stop the fight. So then he kind of stumbles a little more forward into Overeem, and Overeem. And then it's like there's a minute or a second or two of confu- where it's like, well, is he stopping it? And then all of a sudden it's like he looked it over him and then stops the fight. A, he stumbled in there. His, I don't know if his goal was to stop the fight or just to look at what was happening. And he kind of just rolled his body into the action and forced himself to stop it. Second of all, where are the doctors? Aren't the doctors supposed to stop? Have you ever seen a a referee stop a fight due to a cut without calling a doctor into the ring to look at it? So that's a cute excuse, but that's not, that's not legitimate excuse. That was him getting in there and being like, Oh shit. I just intercept. I just, what can I do? I touched both fighters. Now I'm in between both fighters. Now the other fighters 30 feet away on the other side of the octagon celebrating like he won a fight. There's three seconds left. I, I just, you know, it, I'm an Overeem fan, so I don't. I, I it, there. I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, I was rooting for him. Um, yep. 
so I, I, there's no doubt I have a little bit of bias when it comes to that, but um, I, I just don't like to see, I, I hate to see fights end like that. I just, you had a heavyweight fight to me, to me, the correct way that that fight should have finished is over him getting on his feet. Rosenstruck realizing that this is MMA. This isn't kickbox. This isn't glory. This isn't, you got to finish your opponent off. He should have, there should be some, a bit of uh learning curve for him where he realizes, well, oh, I just walked away from a knockdown. You can't do that in MMA. You shouldn't be able to do that in MMA and have it and have it be, you shouldn't be able to influence the referee. I know Mark Hunt's done it. I think Mark Hunt did it in the Frank Mir fight where it was kind of like, well, Mir's dropped and he's obviously wobbled, but he had been dropped three or four times, I think prior to the final one. Um, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It, again, it's mixed because he got blasted. I have no issue with the, the stop. If he would have, if he would have came in from the far distance, waving it off, I would have been like, okay, but for him just to get in the action and there'd be confusion. Cause the announcers didn't even know if the fight was over or if the round had ended. No, we were all, we were all confused, but uh, <laughs> did you say, you say, uh, did you say you, you caught the highlight Simon or, or like, what no, I just, stoppage? No, I just saw on Facebook just this lip, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> so yeah." I haven't run it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to like run that back, but um, yeah, I like to watch it again. I, I mean, I've been a big Overeem fan ever since uh, he fought in K one, you know, and just um, his fighting style, his Dutch kickboxing background, like that. That's like you know something that I really love and uh, admire. Like just love to watch in, in terms of technique. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's also have taken some terrible KOs uh, in his MMA career, and um, you know, he's he's probably fighting different now because he he can't go in there and and uh, take another shot like that. It's it's probably better for him to stay on the outside. Um, so you know, just to go back to that uh, comment where people were booing and stuff, like you know, the, your your casual um, everyday, you know watcher doesn't just doesn't understand you got to protect yourself you got to kind of dance man you got to make sure you got you don't end up talking with a lisp like 10 years later you know um but yeah he's he's taking some damage so yeah just to see this happen and that and him getting hit the way he did and then having that lip it's like man you know who knows what's next after this but um yeah i'm gonna run the fight back and uh, watch it from beginning to end um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of sad to see, you know, um, to Matt's point, you know, he, uh, if it looked like he was winning, uh, technically from the first to the fifth round and then that stoppage, um, because of the lip, uh, you guys think he would have won if, if, um, Migliata didn't step in and, and let the clock run to zero. Well, I mean, uh, that's the one fight I did get to watch without being distracted. Cause I think, the combate was over and i had already uh put up posted the results but um overeem was actually winning the whole fight yeah right, right up until that happened so it was crazy it might have been interesting uh i i know one of the judges for sure had it four rounds to nothing overeem well, so even if they had judged that even if they had judged, Paul liking our graphics <laughs> even if they had judged the uh last round of 10-8 on that one scorecard overeem still wins the fight the other two, I think it might have been three to one. So in theory, that if you made a 10-8 out of the last round, we might have saw a draw. It might have been our third draw of the night. It might have been a split draw. Um, but I think even Overeem was – I feel like he was even winning the fifth round. Again, I'd have to rewatch it. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, I was kind of with, with the end of it, I kind of started to fall out a little bit. It's You're not drunk. The most exciting fight. No, no, not, <laughs> not this time. But um, it, it wasn't the most exciting fight ever. It was Overeem fighting the what he needed to do to avoid a huge striker. Yeah. Um, and then he got lazy with seven seconds left and he got extremely lazy and he got blasted uh, to your point about him taking big shots. I believe this was his 17th or 18th knockout. Oh gosh. Suffered, yeah. Suffered yeah, it's, it's up there. Yeah. Kickboxing. Um, not yeah. many guys in the, in the top shelf of, of combat sports have suffered more. So uh, it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely getting close to that time. I, I don't think he's uh, I know he obviously wanted the, that shot at the heavyweight title. I don't think yeah. that's happening. I think there's just too many, um, too many big killers uh, right now that are a little bit more fresh in their career. Um, it, a lot uh, of young guys, man. Coming yeah. Out. Talking about young guys. I mean, I don't know why this jumped in my head, Simon, but in, in one of your uh, kickboxing fights, didn't you throw out your shoulder in the middle of a fight once? Oh, in my no, that was my MMA fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the second round, I mean, I, I've always had shoulder issues. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't after the fight. I ended up finding I out that I had like a bank heart lesion and a slap tear in my right arm. So, mm -hmm. I was fighting with one arm, and then um, I throw, you know, uh, across, and then my shoulder pops out, <laughs> and I'm like. I'm like, oh, and I pop it back in during the match, and then after that, I'm just throwing jabs, you know. So, so but yeah, did, did that get stopped, or or did you stop? No, 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 no. I kept going. I yeah. I lost in a uh, in a in a decision. Um, I couldn't stop the guys' takedowns. Um, yeah, and I just try to just just you know keep them away with the jab and just try to survive. I mean, um, the adrenaline was pumping, so my arm wasn't really feeling it, feeling it, but I couldn't punch with it. It just the 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 feeling was like my shoulder was just so loose that I couldn't really like put my weight into my punch, you know, because it felt like it would just pop right out again. So, yeah, man, it sucked. Um, and you know, <laughs> I never got a chance just, to redeem myself. <laughs> I know that, that just jumped in my head because we were talking about the the stoppages and stuff, and I know you were in a that's similar to yeah. you know whether whether. Oh, I know what you're talking about though. For the tie fight, I kicked the guy and his shoulder popped out. So they stopped his match because his shoulder completely dislocated and he didn't, he wasn't able to put it back in. He actually had to get, um, he went to the hospital straight after the, 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 the ambulance to come straight to the hospital. After that. <laughs> yeah. It was a wild night, man. So the mother yeah. was yelling at, uh, she was screaming. Like, Who did, where's that boy? And I just ran out of there. <laughs> Yeah, man, Simon's shoulder used to be funky. I remember back in the day when we rolled it, it actually, his shoulder was so bad that if you grabbed your own wrist, I remember one time we were rolling, oh, yeah, yeah. and I, I posted on it to push frame away on his shoulder, and it felt like, his shoulder felt like a wrist. And, uh, <laughs> I was just like, dude, like, you got to go to a doctor. And he was like, yeah, yeah get a surgery schedule Thursday or whatever you told yeah. me. But uh, like anyway. Four yeah, four months to get back, so. But uh, we're digressing. Um, obviously, uh, so there was another event that night. Um, I might have been the only one of us three to watch the in, in its entirety. <laughs> but uh, Combate Americas uh, had the, uh, and I, I know you're partial to Ortiz, Matt. So um, maybe, maybe if if I don't know if you watch the highlights or whatever. But I before we talk about the whole thing with Tito Ortiz and Alberto Rodriguez, um, I do have to say that I think that undercard was actually electrifying the finishes were there was like the, the first four fights. I think uh, there was a bad, there was a majority draw on that card too. There was a robbery in my opinion, 
but um the undercard as a whole if you haven't seen that levy marokin uh versus um the guy they called him a uh, uh, bully bear or I forget i forget gonzalez's full name but that match was uh that was probably the best fight because it was only one round but it went to um Marroquin wound up submitting the guy, but he he almost lost the fight. And if you guys don't know about Levy Marroquin, he was their first like one night tournament winner. Um, but uh, it, the undercard was great, and I feel like it was overshadowed by the whole Tito Ortiz, Alberto Rodriguez thing. I I know you need names to bring in eyeballs to events like that, but I mean I think it's time Combate, especially with their Access TV deal. I think it's time for them to just uh, pick up. Um, you know, start start putting featuring more of their younger up and coming guys. Yeah, I mean, I I caught the uh, I I had two TVs going, but uh, it was just to kind of monitor the 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 initial uh, fights on uh, on on Combate. Um, it's it's they're in an interesting situation because they do have some really good prospects, but they're just not that deep. Um, I mean, uh, I know Ray Trujillo's been around a long time. I've seen him fight live before at events uh, but when you put a guy at a pay-per-view who's 24 and 27 you're gonna kind of start to uh i i don't the price point was a little high for me i uh i don't know how many view people actually paid 30 dollars uh for the card um so i don't know maybe they got pro wrestling fans to tune in to watch uh uh alberto uh mm-hmm. del rio rodriguez uh whatever he was necessarily kind of <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but i don't know uh they got something going uh, um i know uh uh trevor wells who we've talked about on the show who just competed mm-hmm. uh he had nothing but really good things to say about the show um he said there was a good crowd uh not this event but the the fresno event um but on the 22nd i believe of november so yeah um, he didn't have anything bad to say about the show. He said uh, everybody there was professional and the crowd. So um, that's my only thing. Cause initially when Combate was kind of getting off the ground, uh, you would watch it and there would be literally like 15 people in the crowd. So mm-hmm. um, not that they make, that's necessarily how they make their money, but that's kind of how you get the word of mouth going. Um, you want to go to, you want to go to a town and have that town be interested to show up to your fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a good thing for them. Um, I, you know, you, you said I'm partial to Tito. I'm a Tito Ortiz fan. I, I have been since UFC 13. I haven't always rooted for him. Uh, there's been fights I didn't root for him. I didn't root for him against Vitor Belfort. I didn't, you know, I have other fighters that I've always been huge fans of. Um, and, and it's dependent on necessarily where they're at in their career. But uh, when I see people call him stupid, it, it blows my mind. He probably made more money than anybody fighting on the entire UFC card to fight a pro wrestler. <laughs> this is prize fighting and a 43 year old guy just got paid probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $700,000 to fight a pro wrestler who hasn't fought in nine years. If I mean, if that's not genius, I don't know what it is. I mean, if, if somebody wanted to give uh, Colby Covington a million dollars to fight CM Punk, you'd, you'd be an idiot not to take it. You know, if they offered Woodley CM Punk right now for a million dollars, I, I don't care what they say. This is prize fighting. You, you don't, you have a longevity. I mean, Tito's been around forever. He's one of the rarities, but Hmm. you know, I mean, somehow he he manages to do this. I mean, he got, you know, I don't know how much he ended up getting paid in the Chuck fight because De La Hoya seems to be a little bit of a weasel as far as convincing people on pay-per-views, but I'm sure he made, (laughs) I'm sure he made some money um, to fight again. What a 48 year old dude. Um, Hmm. 
you know, he's what four and one or five and one in his last handful of fights. Mm-hmm. You know, Sonnen can go on Twitter and complain all he want, but Sonnen tapped out to him. You know, I mean, and maybe they're going to have another fight and make a bunch of money, but it just seems to me that, uh, you know, I, I mean, people cannot like Tito, but to call him stupid, you know, maybe he's not the most eloquent Quint dude and. Mm-hmm. You know, he says some funny ass shit that comes out wrong. <laughs> but uh, but I just I don't I mean, you know, it seems to me the stupid people are the people fighting for twenty thousand yeah. dollars on a UFC card. But yeah. that's just me. Well, what's your take, Simon, as a as a young up and comer yourself that's trying to get a, <laughs> a few fights in him before he hangs it before he yeah. gets third surgery? <laughs> hey, man, it's it's like the question is, is it worth you know getting beat up man <laughs> like yeah. you know you're getting paid i i mean i know the ufc has changed the you know the contract situation with whole reebok and whatnot and no more no more direct sponsors um so that's a huge pay cut you know and uh at some point it's like is this worth it you know maybe maybe the fame's worth it for you or um chasing that limelight or whatever it is but hey man if you can get that prize fight dude like go for it you know it's it's like you just need that one fight and then for the rest of your life, you can retire, you know, Um, too many guys. It's like, you know, they, they fight and then they retire and they have nothing, you know, they never invested their money. They never bought any uh, Bitcoin, you know, (laughs) whatever it is, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and um, you know, it's sad, man. It it really is sad to see uh, people not managing their money. Well, Um, you know, but, you know, if you can get it, get it, you know, get that 700K uh, from fighting a, a WD, WE guy. You know, if you can, why not? You know? Yeah, I mean, he got paid a ton of money. I mean, honestly, Ed, you would probably beat Del Rio. I mean, let's be honest here. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're what, a 200-pound? Why, why, why you got to call me out? Like, I'm the no, guy. I'm, not calling you out. I'm, I'm, I'm just pointing out the fact that that's, I mean, if you're going to beat Del Rio, you're not going to beat Tito Ortiz. You know, I mean, I feel like Tito Ortiz is mad strong. He probably hurt me. You know, and he's a lot bigger. I don't than know, me. man. It's sneaky, bro. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I get it. Maybe in a submission match, we can start talking. But I, I'm just saying that, like, that's kind of where you talk about getting money. And and there's no disrespect to the guys that are grinding away for for smaller money. Yeah. Um, but if you if you've had five or six fights in the UFC and you're fighting on them, I mean, I hate to go back to the card, um, but. Uh, you know, we're going to see what the payouts, uh, the payouts have probably been released. There's going to be some people that are criminally underpaid for yeah. an organization that's worth billions and billions of dollars. And then um, they have to split that money with their team and their yeah. gym and their manager. It, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, and that, and that goes back. I finally got a chance to go back and catch the Tito Ortiz Liddell 30 for 30. Um, I know I had talked about it and oh, obviously great. I lived, lived through it. So I kind yeah. of, I knew most of what was going on, but um, I, I had heard some, biases and stuff and you know <laughs> you, you, you can you either think tito ortiz is a complete liar or you take him for his word and you say it's about money and as his career has gone on it's hard to not to believe that like him initially ducking quote unquote liddell was yeah. for money if if you know and and it seems to me that he was right i mean at that time that was the biggest fight ufc could ever make and for him and liddell to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars each on a pay-per-view where they sold, you know, a million pay-per-views yeah. at 60 bucks a pop. And then they sold out 15,000 seats at the at Mandalay Bay. Crazy. And, I mean, yeah. to me, well, Tito, I mean, he's sitting on the show going, Hey, I'm, I, I'm sitting out. I'm giving up my belt. They're creating an interim belt. 
I, I want, you know, so yeah. it's hard for me to necessarily not kind of take his word for it. Well, was Liddell not the guy he wanted to fight perhaps, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's, that's a story for another day, but yeah, it, it well, just, I, I just find the guy to be a great businessman. And, and that's something that should be appreciated by all MMA fighters. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, every, every guy that gets to that level should have, shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't knock him too hard. Cause uh, a lot is, I mean, and Simon can be, can comment on it too. You know, the, these guys give up a lot of their time and put a lot of time in and blood, sweat and tears just to get good enough to, to, to get to where they're at. So um, we, with a little less than 15 minutes left, we should probably just get into the weekend's uh, picks for UFC 245. So um, we'll start with the uh, pay-per-view portion of the card. Um, it's Peter Yan and Uriah Faber, <laughs> I believe, uh, are the first fight on the card. Um, Simon, why don't you uh, give us your take on how you think that fight's going to go? Um, you know, I think I'm going to give it to Uriah, man. Um, based solely on his, you know, I'm getting up in my age and <laughs> I like seeing older guys win. <laughs> so, you know, but I mean, you know, he's, he's kind of on a comeback, right? He's got the he did a pretty good job knocking out, um, his last opponent before that he won a decision. So it seems like he's, his training's kicking up a little bit or something's just changed, you know, maybe, maybe something within his training or who knows, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's still got some fire in that tank, man, and um, he's definitely got that experience that uh, that he's been fighting for a really, really long time. So, um, I'm gonna give it to Uriah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be coming out from California, bringing that California love out there to Vegas for the event this weekend. But um, I'd love to see Faber win. I just, uh, I don't know if I can fall in love with that idea yet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Wow. I actually thought you were going to go with favor. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Peter Jan's a, a, a killer. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, my heart wants to go with favor. Like, like I said, another guy I've followed for a long time, especially out here in, in California. But I just, I, I just don't see it. Um, I'd love the, I'd love to see the Cinderella story of him coming back and getting back in the mix. But I just That's have a feeling see. that he's, he's going to have trouble getting takedowns, and unless he lands a big yeah. giant shot. Um, I think he's more likely to get kind of picked apart on the feet. Um, yeah, man. I mean, um, oddly enough, uh, I mean, Faber, I'm, I'm older than Faber. So, when you, I mean, I don't know why you're calling yourself old, Simon. You're still, <laughs> you're still, you're still young. Five uh, years, five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I, my reason for not picking Faber is going to might sound weird to you guys, but I, I wrote down the numbers. When I did my homework uh, before we recorded, um, and it's going to sound stupid and superstitious, but <laughs> Faber doesn't do well when he's on a pay-per-view card. Oh, interesting. Uh, so he's got ten losses. Uh, seven of them are are by decision, and five of them were pay-per-views. <laughs> um, he's good on fight nights, like if, if it was anything WEC broadcast stuff like that. I mean that that's those that's where he does his best. The fight you mentioned, Simon. Uh, was against Ricky Simone, uh, who's a, who's a badass in his own right. Tra- 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 trains with uh, Chael and all them, and um, uh, what is it? Uh, they changed the name, Matt. What 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 is it used to be called? <laughs> Fabiano Scherner's folks, Grace Gracie, whatever in Oregon, Portland. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh no, it's ATT Portland now. There That's you go. Right. There you go. Yeah, ATT Portland now. So, um, and and uh, <laughs> made short work of him, but. 
I mean, like I said, it's completely me being, and my picks have been garbage. <laughs> I could, I, I'd be absolutely wrong, but I, I got Peter Yan just because this is a pay per view. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. I'm trying to look right now. I think. What you looking for? I already, I already found it. <laughs> well, you have the stats for sure. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to see what kind of luck I bring to uh, three. I, I don't think I've ever been to a fight where. He's lost five, six. Uh, yeah, I think I'm six and zero oh in live fights. No, I take that back. I did see him lose to uh, twice to Dominic Cruz. So yeah. six and two uh, when watching him, but uh, two losses were title fights to Cruz. So yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I, I know he's always been a fan of fighting on the prelims because he gets to fight for free for his family and uh, friends on, on ESPN or Fight Pass or. Uh, whatever we used to be on a Fox sports. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, the next fight is one that uh, is kind of a, it's kind of an old school fighters. It, it reminds me of kind of the old school Valley Tudo days uh, where you'd get yeah. the Brazilians, uh, you know, fighting each other, like on a Mecca card or one of the old, you know, IVC um, fight. You don't seem, you know, there's, you don't get a lot of the Brazilian stars against Brazilian stars. It seems like mm-hmm. I know they don't generally, like to necessarily fight each other. They like to fight people from other countries. So to get Marlon Marais, Jose Aldo, um, even at Aldo dropping down to 135, which I find a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of a dream fight. If you know, if this would have happened about two years ago, uh, before Aldo had suffered, you know, a little bit of a decline, I think people would mm-hmm. uh, this likely would be a main event for a, a fight night or a, a co-main event for a pay per view. But um, you know, until we see Aldo at 135 and how he comes out, mm-hmm. I got to go with the younger, the younger uh, Lion and, and Marias. Uh, uh, two great fighters. I hate to see either one of these guys lose. Um, a loss yeah. for Aldo obviously does more damage uh, here at, towards the end of his career. Although he's still fairly young, mm-hmm. um, he's been through some wars. So I'm going to go with Marias. Um, God, I hope it's you know. For excitement-wise, the knockout's always great. I just kind of hope that Aldo doesn't suffer any kind of uh, tremendous trauma mm. uh, taking on a fight like this, especially with the weight cut mm-hmm. um, he's yeah. going under. So I'll take Marias. I'm going to say like TKO early third round um, mm. after after a couple rounds of really good back and forth. Simon, what do you, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Matt, man. Um, that weight cut is tough. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, – uh, examples of other fighters who've gone down and weighed and it's uh, you know that that start out kind of big and it doesn't really look it doesn't end up being a good thing you know um fighting at your natural more closer to your natural weight is is t- typically a better thing to do mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean this is this is a pretty i mean he's already kind of big to begin with go down to 135 is i mean that's that's going to be a big uh drain on him but um and he's fighting against Murray. He, that that guy's a monster, dude. Like, yeah, he's he's a he's a seasoned like warrior, man. So, um, I don't know. I think I think he's gonna be able to put him away, um, depending on that weight cut. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh, probably a a finish and and somewhere around like maybe the third round, um, draw him out and and just kind of just drain his energy and just finish him. Yeah, I think we're three for three on that. Uh, I'm also going with Marlon Marais for pretty much not to beat a dead horse. I, I don't like the way he looks for the weight cut. I don't, I don't think it's going to be good for him. He's He's been vocal about uh, being on his on his way out. So um, 
And um, I mean, Marlon Moraes is just uh, I mean, he's a he's a hammer at, at 135. And, um, you know, obviously he's he's up there still. He's probably going to, uh, you know, super nice guy, but he's, he's a killer in the cage. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the, the the next one is actually pretty interesting to me. I had a trouble picking it. Uh, Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Durandamy. And outside of my UFC 208, like hate that I got for her, um, um, I, she is a tough woman. Um, and uh, I'll just throw my pick in, in there before I let, uh, you, you you go, Simon. Uh, I actually do. Obviously, uh, I'm picking Nunes by decision just because uh, I know Durandamy is a tough woman. I'm gonna give it to Nunez. Uh, I believe this is their second fight, right? And she's uh, she's she's finished her before. I think she's gonna finish her again. Um, and Nunez is just she's she's just good. <laughs> she's yeah. she's very good. And uh, I think you know, first round, man, first round knockout. <laughs> she's been doing that. He's, she's been on a tear, man. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh kind of up in the air on this i might actually place a small bet on durandamy because it seems like the odds are are pretty uh i think nunez is somewhere around like a 500 favorite or something but oh wow uh, oh yeah yes healthy favorite um anything can happen my my fight between this fight and the next fight uh you know, I'm going to use some of Ed's logic here and try to figure out a, a reason why why fights are going to happen. <laughs> I, I just tend to think when a fighter gets on a streak that they're they're ready for a loss. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know. Nunes has seemed to be really focused. Um, she hasn't lost focus since she she beat Rousey basically and, and got the title. She she was extremely focused um, against Pennington, against uh, Chris Cyborg, uh, against Holly Holm. So if she's able to keep that focus and uh, you know, she's not obviously going to turn to the Joshua Ruiz situation or Ruiz where, you know, she's always, she's beyond that. Um, but I just wonder if at some point it gets to you a little bit and you get a little lazy and, and it's MMA, man, everybody loses. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Nunez. Um, I, I don't think it'll go five rounds. I, mm-hmm. I think she'll probably win, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if Durandamy hits her and, and, uh, if not is able to get a finish, uh, gets that crowd buzzing a little bit. Cause I, I, I think Durandamy is a really good matchup for her. I know, I know Nunes finished her the first time in like the first round. Um, but I feel like there, there's, there's something here. I, I think Durandamy, even though she went through the issue with cyborg, giving up mm-hmm. the belt, uh, is at a level of confidence right now that, that she really didn't have earlier in her, in her initial stint with the UFC when she got in there. So I'll go with the Nunes, but, um, yeah. but I, I think this is going to be a, a, a closer fight than a lot of people are, are giving it a, a chance to be funny. Uh, funny. You mentioned uh, my logic and and everything because uh, the, the co-main with uh, Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky, um, your thing uh, about, about the streak is kind of my, my re I mean, although I know outside of his own weight class, Holloway did suffer the loss when he tried to change, but, um, and I, I know I was wrong the last time I said this on this podcast because he wound up looking super great in, in his own fight when he defended afterward. But, um, I just feel like, um, I mean, I still think that the, the way Holloway fights, he takes a lot of damage and I, and you know, Volkanovsky's a, I mean, that, that's oh. a tough customer. Yeah. So yeah. I'm actually going to, uh, uh, I got Volkanovsky in the co-main event. Um, what, what do you got, Simon? Uh, this is a tough one, man. Um, 
Holloway, he's got the reach. He's got the 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 hands. Um, he has the ability to keep him away, and he has volume. He just he can just keep putting that pressure on, um, and keeping him away. And he's fought guys like uh, um, Alexander before, you know. So, um, it's a very tough call because for when you fight guys like like Alex, it's like. Well, all it just takes is one punch, right? What was it that that Deontay Wilder saying? It's like you need to be perfect for twelve rounds. I just need to be perfect for one second, yeah. right? It's like it's like it just takes one hit to connect. And uh, yeah. that guy's a bull, man. He he just needs to get on the inside and just go for it. But um, I don't know. This is a tough one to call. Um, I think uh, Holloway has the ability to to keep him away and uh, to to take it to a to the distance. Um, and beat him by decision. Yeah, you you make a good point. I mean, he's really got to stay technical. I think that whole yeah. five rounds uh, in, in order to avoid that big shot. I mean, this is looking through his record. Now, now obviously, he fought Conor McGregor and stuff earlier in his career. Um, and McGregor did a lot of wrestling in that fight. But since Holloway's been on the map, this is really the first guy he's fighting with one punch KO power. Mm-hmm. Um, Aldo, those guys, I mean, are obviously legends, uh, Pettis, but they're not so much the one punch put yeah. you on, you know, it's, it's more beat up the legs, beat up the body and then, and then finish, exactly. And then finish you off. Um, Ortega had the big knockout of, of Edgar, but he's not necessarily known for his striking. He's obviously, he's also like five times bigger than Edgar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, that's his one yeah. punch. Most people, um, when when they thought the Ortega fight, it wasn't they didn't think he was going to outstrike Holloway. I think they yeah. thought that he would get him down to the ground and 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 get him in his world and, and possibly submit him. So, um, you know, this one I'm going to go with Volkanovski. Uh, I feel like, uh, and I, I I I don't we I don't know uh, if it goes to the decision. I I don't be surprised if the decision's a little bit shocking to have an Australian champion. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I UFC's got a Chinese champion right now. Um, <laughs> oh, I yeah. And, and true that, true that, true you that. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that there's a work or any kind of stuff like that, but like I, 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 it just wide. wouldn't shock me if we saw some kind of split decision and and it go Volkanovski's way yeah. and. You know, it sets up a stadium show in Australia for a rematch. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's true. Now the Strings main event. Yeah, no, you, you you ain't you ain't lying, man. Um, so obviously the main event. I mean, this is one that I know Simon, you and I have probably discussed uh, with Nate uh, more than a few times after training on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Kabaro Usman versus Colby Covington. I mean, obviously. Um, so my take is this, and and um, I, I, I apologies to Simon, you might have heard this already, but because we talked about it so much, but um, uh, I think their wrestling cancels each other out. Um, so I feel like we're going to see a different fight. Um, my only concern for Usman is that, uh, you know, he's been out and active cause he had that issue with his foot or his leg or it was, whatever it was, but, um, he did get to where he is fighting with whatever that issue was. And if he's better then he should be more dangerous. And, um, you know, the, I, I, I kind of lean towards him. However, Colby's been, been able to grind out victories, um, they both have only one loss by submission, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, I think the edge is probably. I'm leaning slightly towards Kamaru Usman defending his title, just because I feel like he's just got better striking than than Covington, and um, 
I mean, I, I don't know how he's going to cancel out Covington's wrestling if he's going to try to do like some jumping knees or, or boss root and swoop, you know, <laughs> uh, palm strikes. But uh, I'm picking uh, Kamaro uh, Usman in that one. Um, Simon, why don't you uh, jump in? Because, I mean, I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick. But Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great match, man. This is like, for me, it's like Jim versus Jim. They're both in Fort Lauderdale, right? They're, uh, yeah. One's that hard knock, uh, which used to be Black Zillions, and then the other one is um, at ATT, and both, uh, you know, are at the height of the the game, man. And um, Usman has the 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 this, I mean, the the reach. Um, he's, I know he's a D two wrestler, I believe, and then uh, Colby's a D one wrestler, um, but his reach is a, a kind of not like like I wouldn't say significantly shorter, but it is a it is a um, somewhat shorter than, than Usman. And, you know, in that fight, I'm, I don't think it's going to be a lot of wrestling. I think there, I mean, they, we're gonna, I, I think we're going to see some shots, but I think it's going to be mostly on the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of boxing. I think it's going to be a lot of boxing, a lot of uh, two guys kind of like feeling each other out for a long time, uh, kind of staying away from each other. Um, yeah. And, and possibly go to decision. Um and I think uh, Usman will edge him out uh, as long as, you know, the injury is good. And uh, his, I mean, he's training with Hoof, man. Uh, oh, wait, no. What's his name? Um, uh, the guy who leads uh, Hard Knock 365. Um, uh, he was the, the striking coach of um, the Black Zillions, the guy from the Dutch, the Dutch guy. Um, not Ernesto Hoof? No, 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 no not, not Ernesto Hoof. Um, Henry something. I forget the guy's name. Oh, Henry but... Hooft. H O L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Henry Hooft. So, yeah, um, he's got one of the best striking coaches in the game. And I mean, ATT, you know, that's like the cream of the crop. Um, so I'm sure they're preparing a nice strategy. So this is a re- this is really hard to call, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an extremely hard to call uh, fight. But, you know, I want Kobe to win. But uh, being that Usman is a title holder and he's also, um, you know, got the reach and, and he's going to have that strategy to keep him away. I think he's going to edge him out with that decision. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to go with Covington. Uh, I agree with you both essentially that the wrestling is going to probably neutralize each other. Um, Usman mm-hmm. historically, I mean, they both are, are pretty, uh, decision machines when it comes to fighting, yep. uh, at least at the top level. Mm-hmm. Um, Usman's had some issues where people have kind of considered him boring, and he's had some semi-lackluster, not mm-hmm. super exciting fights. The one thing you can say about Covington, and and maybe somebody can point out a fight where he wasn't, is he's super active. Um, and I feel like that's going to be the, the difference when it comes to a judge's decision, is that I feel like you're going to see him throwing more strikes. Um, even if he doesn't necessarily land more, I feel like he's going to be the more active fighter uh, and, and that's going to kind of sway the momentum of the fight. I feel like um, now it's going to come down to who takes the center of the cage. Mm-hmm. Whoever's backing up is going to be losing this fight. I don't think we're going to see anybody back up in this fight no. and, and win a decision um, barring somebody landing something big. And, and, but I, neither of these guys have giant punch, single one punch punching power. I mean, I'm sure if Usman, clocks you you're probably you're probably feeling it but um but uh i don't i don't see uh 
I, I just feel like Covington's the active fighter. I feel like Covington might be the more hungry fighter. Maybe that's just because yeah. he talks more. Um, and Usman's pretty pretty quiet um, when it comes to if it's not Ben Askren, he's not really like seems like he's getting into big back and forth with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like uh, Covington has more to lose in this fight. Um, as far as uh, I guess his reputation, he's kind of at a weird point right now. I know a lot of people don't like the way he promotes himself. Um, I, I, I don't, man. <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it in the least bit. Uh, I, I think it's funny, and yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't take I don't take any of, like this shit too seriously. No. So uh, I, I just I just brush it off. You know, whether he says something that offends me or offends somebody else, well, you know what? They're, they're fighters. They're going into a damn cage to fight. Let's brush it off. Nobody's saying these people are, are Mother Teresa's. Um, <laughs> you, you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy, but you're either rooting for him to win or you're rooting for him to, to lose. So um, I, I, I have no problem with the way he's promoted himself and, and the interview he just gave, he talked about how that got him a new contract. and Now he's making more money than he's ever made before. So um, making the right moves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes back to the, to the business side of, the, of this. Um, everybody wants to see the, you know, everybody follow the book and, and just keep fighting and fight 32 times a year. And, you know, you got to make money. You don't have a lot of time, um, but I'm not going to go off another rant here. Uh, I'll go with Covington <laughs> uh, by decision. I think just being more active. I think it could be a controversial one where Usman's fans disagree with it. Um, and this could be something where we, you know, we see a little bit of a rivalry here and we see another fight or two down the line between these guys, because I don't see a lot of people in the Walter White division mm-hmm. that are, uh, are super threats to either one of these. Um, maybe somebody like Steven Thompson, if he really gets focused again, he, he's kind of that, that question mark in the division, but mm-hmm. um, I, I see these two guys being kind of on top of that division. Maybe Woodley, if that was just an off night, maybe Woodley's got a, two or three good fights left in him, but I see these two as the cream of the crop at, at the welterweight division and, and uh, wouldn't expect a close fight that we, we might see a rematch, but I'll go with Covington by, uh, by decision. All right, cool. Well, that's this weekend, uh, UFC 245. Um, we're pretty much a little bit over on time. So, uh, Simon, if you got anything you want to plug, uh, your YouTube channel, your your crypto stuff, your church, whatever you want to do, <laughs> go go right ahead, man. The floor is yours. No, nah, man. I just uh, first thing, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, this is a really good time. Um, I don't really have much to promote right now, man. I'm just like living my life and trying to get things together and get the ball rolling. Um, shortly, I am going to try to get rolling with Simon more uh, active. Um, so, yeah, in terms of crypto, um, you know, if you guys see me, I've been looking like left or right a little bit. Um, I've been kind of checking the prices on Bitcoin as we've been doing this. And there's been a lot of activity. So uh, I know you guys had those guys on Litecoin on. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, that was really cool. Uh, I was able to listen to that. But um, yeah, man, stay, you know, I just want to say, you know, everybody listening, take care of your money. Just stay, like, you know, be careful. What's going to be a crazy world, man. But um, yeah, just, uh, you know. Everything's been great, and I just really appreciate this. Yeah, thanks right. for coming on, man. And uh, from me, have a happy holidays and uh, yeah. Christmas and, and all that other stuff. And, uh, again, congratulations on your black belt. That's uh, Thank something you, man. to be proud of. Yes, sir. Man. Definitely deserved it. Uh, kid's a killer, but <laughs> also super nice. Uh, why, don't you take, why don't you take us out, Matt? Tell them where they can follow us. Fans can follow us at, on Twitter at Combat Hour. 
Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow myself at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. <laughs> um, I believe we're going to have Ray Robles to get us caught up on the submission world uh, next uh, Tuesday night. So look forward to that. And uh, till then, man, I'll, I'll talk to you from Vegas uh, over the weekend, Ed. Yes, sir. Looking forward to seeing your pictures. <laughs> All right. <laughs> have a good night. Take care, fellas. You too. All right. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.